Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast, the practical how-to guide for women returning to the workforce, recent grads, and those looking to get the job of their dreams. Now, here's the founder of the Back to Business Women's Conference and your host, Katie Dunn. Hi, listeners, and welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. My guest today is Damian Zakakis. Damian is an executive coach and a career coach. Damian and I both spent time in the world of the MBA Career Center. Damian was the director of the Career Development Office at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, a top 10 ranked MBA program. Damian has been doing executive search and coaching for his entire career, and in 2018 started DGZ Coaching. This guy is the real deal. He's experienced, he's been dealing with job seekers, hiring managers, recruiters, and execs for years. Damien recently added Gallup Certified Strengths Coach to his list of impressive credentials, and that's what he's going to talk to us about today. Damien is going to teach us how to talk about our strengths in a job search, and we'll draw extensively on his Clifton Strengths experience during this conversation. You can find Damien online at dgz-coaching.com and on LinkedIn. Damien joins me via Skype from Michigan today. Welcome, Damien. Good afternoon. It's great to be here. Good to have you. Can you give us some background on Clifton Strengths and basically tell us what this powerful tool is? Absolutely. So Clifton Strengths, which used to be called Strengths Finder for many years essentially explains how you are uniquely powerful, how you're wired. The assessment was invented by Don Clifton and the Gallup organization, and it uncovers your unique rank order of 34 talent themes. Your talent themes are really your talent DNA. They explain the ways you most naturally think, feel, and behave. And Gallup's research shows that people who know and use their Clifton strengths regularly are more engaged at work, more productive in their roles, and they're happier and healthier. Who wouldn't want to be that, right? Yeah, sounds good. Many colleges and universities have all incoming freshmen take the assessment and provide coaching to help them understand their results. They've found that this increases the student retention and graduation rates. It's so tough for an incoming freshman to know what they want to study, where they want to direct their studies to inform their career choices. And this helps a lot with that. Additionally, more and more organizations are using Clifton Strengths with their employees too. However, it is typically not used as part of the hiring process. And as of last week, over 22 and a half million people have taken the assessment. So its adoption rate is going up very quickly. Wow, that's a lot of people. So they must have this huge database of people with their strengths and different combinations of strengths, that probably is a pretty powerful resource for job seeker, right? It's a huge resource. And they continue to mine that database to learn how people are using their strengths effectively and how they can increase both the effectiveness of them as individuals as well as with teams. So if I'm not an incoming college freshman or or even in an MBA program where I know they make really wide use of this tool, why would I want to take this assessment? What would I use these results for? The reason you'd want to do this, and it is available online for anybody, you don't need to be 
part of a group to do it. The reason you'd want to do it is to really learn more about yourself and how you're uniquely wired and then develop your talents into strengths. So what Gallup has learned over the years is that you'll get more return on investment if you invest your resources, time, money, effort, study. If you invest those resources into developing things that you're naturally talented at, as opposed to trying to fix your weaknesses. I feel like that's a pretty powerful statement because I think we tend to determine what we're not great at, what our weaknesses are, and think, I've really got to focus on improving in that area. But what Gallup is telling us is really, don't worry so much about the weaknesses. Focus on the strengths and develop those because that's where you kind of get the most bang for your buck. Absolutely. And they're they're not saying ignore your weaknesses. They're saying learn to manage your weaknesses, manage around them, find alternative ways of addressing them. But we've learned this focus on our weakness from a very early age. You know, when we're a child in school and we get a report card, if you come home with four A's and a C, what do your parents focus on? What do we as parents focus on? We focus on the C and say, Johnny, you better study more. You better study more if you're going to, in order to improve your grade at math. Well, if Johnny's not so good at math, let's help him do okay. But if he's really good at art, well, that's a talent that other people don't have. So hence the idea of focusing on developing our, our natural talents into strengths and not being consumed by fixing our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's like you said, it's sort of ingrained in us to look at the weaknesses and focus there. So I think this is kind of an interesting shift in how we see ourselves and how we think about what we're good at. So Damien, do you have three steps to kind of lead us to the point where we can talk about our strengths in our job search? Absolutely. So step one is to complete the Clifton Strengths Assessment and read the reports that are provided by Gallup. Gallup provides two reports. One of them describes your top five talent themes or your top five strengths in generic language, but then they also provide a report called the Insights Report that is personalized to you based on your unique combination of talents. So if one of your top five is Relator and one of my top five is Relator, when we look at our two Insight Reports, we'll notice that they say similar but different things because it's really our unique combination of talents and strengths that give us power. So Gallup also provides podcasts, videos, blog posts, and numerous books. And additionally, you can hire a Gallup certified strengths coach. There are 10,000 strengths coaches around the country that have been certified by Gallup, and they can help you understand your results and figure out how to apply them and develop them to be most effective in your career. What are the chances that my top five strengths are the same as yours? So that's one of my favorite little statistics to point out to people that are new to strengths. You know, we're used to hearing that you're one in a million. Well, in the world of Gallup Clifton Strengths, you're actually one in 33 million. Those are the odds of someone else having the same top five talents in the same order as you. Wow. That's so we are very unique. So there's a Gallup certified coach that has a website in which you can input your top five strengths and he's maintaining a database And if he ever comes across someone else who's input the same top five in the same order, in other words, that one in 33 million match, 
he's going to connect the two people so they can get acquainted and hear how they each use their top five. And I'm confident it will be different because even though they're the same top five in the same order, they're also influenced by our other talent themes because we all have all 34 and they influence one another. So you mentioned the order in which it gives you your top five strengths. And honestly, I didn't realize that that mattered. But tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So the the concept is we all possess all 34 themes of talent, but they exist in us in different intensities. And so your top five are your most intense uh, talent themes or your most intense strengths. And your bottom five, of course, would be your least intent intense. And some people would refer to those as their weaknesses, but I prefer to call them your lesser strengths because you can you can bring them to bear. It's just that it doesn't come naturally to you. And it's not your go-to way of behaving and thinking. And it's not something that you do every day. Another way of thinking about it is your top five are things that you do naturally and you don't even know you're doing it. It's sort of like the idea that a fish doesn't know it's in water. So when you're working out of your top five, it's so natural to you, you don't even think about it. Whereas I could ask you to do something that's in your bottom five and you could do it. It just would take more energy as opposed to people find that doing things that are in their top five gives them energy. It energizes them. So it's like you're when you're using your top five strengths, you're probably sort of in the zone or, you know, in your flow space and you can just kind of work without at work and lose track of time because you're you're kind of doing what you were meant to do, right? Exactly right. And in fact, there are books that have been written for managers that you can observe how people perform and get a sense of what their strengths are even if they haven't taken the assessment based on when are they doing things that seem effortless to them or when they describe sort of being in the flow and losing track of time. Hmm. All right. So let's get personal. Damien, what are your top five strengths according to StrengthsFinder? Okay. My top five are relator, learner, input, connectedness, and communication. All right. So I'll share my top five, which interestingly have a few in common with yours. And they are relator, achiever, learner, harmony, and futuristic. So I have to admit, when I first took this assessment a few years ago and I got my results, my first reaction when I looked at those was, nope, that's not me. They got me all wrong because I was thinking specifically about harmony. And we had something going on at work in the MBA program where we were having to enforce some rules on students that were kind of uncomfortable for everyone, rules about showing up for events that you RSVP for. And I'm kind of a rule follower because I like order, but I hated enforcing those rules. And a colleague said to me, no, Harmony is perfect for you because you and I are always looking for a way to work with people who are breaking these rules to find a solution that isn't quite so punitive. So when I really thought about that, I realized she was right. And maybe my instinct for order was being overridden by my desire to find a win-win solution that kind of produced harmony for everybody. 
So honestly, now I feel like I'm a lot more self-aware than I was even a few years ago. And I can see that these strengths that Clifton Strengths ascribes to me actually describe me quite well. So I think that's interesting. I don't know if I've grown into my strengths or just the more I think about them, the more I think, yep, that that is me. They actually got me quite right. So mm-hmm. just kind of an interesting evolution in my thinking about my strengths and how I use them and, and what they mean for me. Yeah. The other thing that I take away from your story is that responsibility is one that you really live in because people that are high in responsibility tend to live by the phrase, my word is my bond. If they say they're going to do something, they do it. And that's the lens through which we view the world through the lens of our strengths. Responsibility is very high for you. You expect other people to be responsible as well. And when they aren't, that creates this internal discord and it's uncomfortable for you. Yeah, I hadn't quite thought about it that way, but I think you're you're absolutely right. There's so much to this. I feel like you could just dig into your strengths all day and think about how you're using them and applying them and what they mean for you. And so that's that's just super interesting to me. Yeah, that's a great segue into step two, which I call claiming your strengths. And what I mean by that, you just exemplify, which is thinking about the things that you do, either in your work or in your home life, that come from your top five strengths. So for example, my number two strength is learner, which means I enjoy the process of learning, even if it isn't required or getting me to a specific destination. I approach both work and non-work activities with excitement about the process of learning more about whatever the subject might be. And I can't help it. It's just one of my natural ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving. And so, which is the definition that Gallup provides of, of what our talents are. When I hear about something I don't know about, I naturally want to learn more about it. And sometimes there's a, a short tail on that. I just want to learn a little bit more. But sometimes I can go down a rabbit hole and I can research something for hours and hours and hours, whether it's at work or at home, just because I really enjoy that process of learning. Are there downsides to some of these strengths? Like for learner, for example, I think about the person who just keeps on going to school and getting more degrees and more degrees, but they're never actually really productive, like getting a job and applying their knowledge to do something good in the world. I don't know. Are are there downsides to these strengths too? There are downsides. And uh, Gallup used to have a phrase called balconies and basements. And the balconies were when your strength is applied productively and the basement is when maybe you're overdoing it or maybe you get so caught up in it that you don't realize that it's not being productive. They've gone away from that terminology, but I think the concept still remains. That, And that's, that's something that I've struggled with at work myself is I enjoy learning. So if, I'm, if I have a task that I haven't done before, I want to learn as much as I can And my number three strength is input, which means I like to collect information, data, things. And so combined with my learner, I'm like this unstoppable Pac-Man. I just keep going, 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 consuming new information. And luckily, I've become more self-aware over the years. And I catch myself and I say, okay, stop. Enough research. It's time to actually start writing or whatever it is that the ultimate goal is, because it's 
never learning. Learning is never the ultimate goal when I'm doing it at work. It's learning in order to do something else. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way of kind of illustrating that. So I I love that step two is claiming your strengths because I definitely find that women in particular are not always comfortable talking about their strengths. And in a job search, that's so important because we have to be able to tell people what we're good at. And if we don't, then who is going to do that for us? I think it's it's really critical. And just saying something that starts with, I'm good at, or this is a real strength of mine, that can be hard for people to even get those words out. So I think having the data from an assessment like Clifton Strengths can really add to somebody's confidence and and kind of give them the language to use when they talk about what they're good at. So they're almost not just tooting their own horn, they're actually sharing some evidence-backed assessment results. And maybe that helps people sort of feel good and comfortable about talking about what they are good at and their strengths. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that can help in that is as we become aware of our own strengths, our own top five, we we recognize the fact that we can only have five top five, right? Well, that means other people have other top five. And so we appreciate them. And in that context of telling someone what we're good at, we can acknowledge that Others are good at other things, so we can partner with people and become even more powerful. Gallup refers to this as theme dynamics, and it comes into play both in ourselves. I described it when I talked about my learner and input together, but it also can come out when we're partnering with somebody else at work who has a different top five than we do. So an example of that is there's a strength called WOO, W-O-O which is an acronym for winning others over. And people that are strong in woo love to meet other people and love to win them over. And they're great at networking events. They're great at that reception the first night of a conference when there's 700 people in the ballroom. And that is not me. Relator is my number one. I like to build deep relationships with a few people. So I face that same ballroom at a conference And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to go talk to a bunch of people. And the person standing next to me who's woo says, oh my gosh, I can't wait to meet these 700 friends that I haven't met yet. Well, what I've learned is to partner up with that person with woo. And some might even say, ride their coattails. So they want to approach anybody, I'll go along as their wingman, and they can then introduce me to this new person they've met. So it's a great combination where I benefit from their natural talent, and they can benefit from mine because I'll tend to ask deeper questions and find things that we have in common that are beneath the surface. And so in describing what you're good at in an interview situation, you can do it in the context of somebody else being good at something else, which employers are all looking for people who are good at collaborating. And this can dovetail into an example of how you're good at collaborating with others. Nice. I love that example with the 700 people in the room because I do think some different people approach that type of situation very differently and think about it very differently. And you've sort of explained what's behind that. I think it kind of goes back to what's your natural strength and what's your perspective on walking into a room like this and how are you going to make the most of that? So, so that's a great example. 
let me tell you why I'm passionate about the Back to Business Women's Conference. I took 12 years out of the full-time workforce to be home with our four kids, and I really enjoyed that time. But when I was ready to go back to work, I found that it was really challenging. My goal with Back to Business is to help other women who have taken career breaks get back to work in meaningful careers that they will really enjoy. Check our website at backtobusinessconference.com for information on upcoming conferences. There is a Back to Business Women's Conference on February 23rd in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina. This is a day-long event filled with panels, workshops, and speakers, all geared toward women who are returning to work after taking a career break. At the conference, you'll also have the opportunity to meet our corporate sponsors who are hiring for jobs right now. So if I take this assessment, can it help me identify a job field that might be a good fit for me if I'm not really sure what I want to do next in my career? The StrengthsFinder assessment explains how we do things, not what we should do. So on the surface, it won't do that. But what it will do is provide you with a set of tools to evaluate things that you think you may have an interest in to make sure that you'll be able to use your top strengths in that role. So I'd like to give you one example, um, which is sales. So people typically think, well, gee, if you're going to be successful at sales, you should have woo really high. But it really depends on the type of sales. So if you're going to be doing selling where it's a short sales cycle, then woo would be good. But if you're working in an organization where it's a very long sales cycle, then relater might be really good to have. Because someone else is probably scheduling the first appointment, and then the person that's high in relater comes in and builds a a deep and trusting relationship that will last throughout the entire sales cycle. So it's not appropriate to... Uh, generalize and say, well, all salespeople should be woo or all researchers should be high and learner. Now, I think what we do find when we look at people in certain roles is there tends to be an abundance of people with a particular set of talents, but it's not necessarily the same talent. And maybe it doesn't come in combination with some of their other same strengths, right? Right. And so I suggest to my career coaching clients, my job search clients, that when they look at a a job description and look at the responsibilities, they think about how they would use their strengths to fulfill those responsibilities. And if they see any of the responsibilities in there where they hesitate whether they can do it because of what their natural way of thinking, feeling, and behaving is, then that's a red flag. It doesn't mean don't apply for the job. It means learn more to determine if that job will really allow you to use your strengths on a regular, if not daily basis. Hmm. So if I'm in an interview and I get that dreaded question, tell me about your weaknesses. Is there anything I can sort of pull out of my Clifton Strengths report that might help me identify a weakness or give me some language to talk about it when I'm asked about that? As I mentioned earlier, I prefer to describe weaknesses as areas of lesser talent. And I think recruiters or interviewers, when they're asking that question, aren't seeking a confession from you about what you're bad at, but rather, 
wanting to find out how you developed yourself over time. And so I would suggest that you focus on maybe something that's in the middle of your strengths finder profile or, you know, number 11, that maybe isn't one of your superpowers, but something where you have invested and you have gotten better or you've developed strategies. So you might say, gee, empathy doesn't come naturally to me. It's not what I would call one of my strengths. And so the way that I've developed that is I slow down, I listen more carefully, I restate what I'm hearing, and I just take the time to make sure that I understand what the person is trying to convey. So give an example of how you've invested in a lesser talent and gotten better at it. Nice. So that's a good way also to turn that weakness question into kind of a very positive spin, which I think Mm -hmm. is a great way to answer that. So thank you for that. I like that a lot. So what would you say is step three of using your Clifton Strengths report to talk about your strengths in a job search? So step three, and this is one that I'm particularly excited about, is called aiming your strengths. And what I mean by aiming them is thinking about the key aspects of the job and how your strengths allow you to do those things in a particularly effective way that is unique to you. And think about that in advance. I talked about it earlier when you're looking at a job description and then decide how to share that with the hiring manager or recruiter. You can also highlight these types of things in your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn profile, as well as doing networking. So your strengths are like superpowers. Once you learn to harness and focus them, you can do even greater things. And the ability to to describe your strengths to others and how you capitalize them both individually and as part of a team, will set you apart from other candidates. So the as part of a team piece is interesting because I once had a job interview and they asked me about my strengths, specifically Clifton strengths, because the entire small company had just taken the assessment and they realized they had all these people who were great about kind of coming up with ideas, with ideation. And I thought that was super interesting, but they said, we've basically got a company full of idea people and we really need people who can get in here and execute. So they were using Clifton Strengths to kind of identify who those people might be. And I thought that was really kind of a, a interesting way to approach their hiring and hopefully it helped them kind of round out their company with the right mix of strengths and skills. Mm-hmm. So Gallup, as they studied people, once they'd identified the 34 talent themes, and then they studied what type of work people were doing, how they were doing it, what they determined was they were, they were able to take the 34 themes and group them into four distinct categories that are labeled executing, influencing, relationship building, and thinking. And your story is really interesting because when I look at the frequency report for all 34 themes across 22 million respondents, ideation is number 15. If you had a team of 15 people, you would expect that maybe there would be two people with ideation, and they told you they had many people, which <laughs> which makes sense if you think of a startup, 
and they're having to come up with new ideas. But each of these four, what Gallup calls domains, have multiple specific talents within them. So the executing domain actually has nine different strengths in it. Achiever, arranger, belief, consistency, deliberative, discipline, focus, responsibility, and restorative. And so it makes sense that they would be looking for people with some of those talents to round out their team. And one of the things that Gallup says is an individual doesn't need to be well-balanced across these four domains, but teams need to be well-balanced across all four domains. So I think it makes sense that they might be focused in on people that have some of those talent themes to help them get things done. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I thought it was pretty funny that they had a company full of idea people. And from what you're saying, it sounds like that's a pretty rare occurrence. So I don't know, somehow they were attracting like people there. <laughs> they needed to really round that out. Yeah, yeah, so, that's a great story. Yeah, <laughs> but one of the things I liked about the the book that describes all of the strengths is that after each strength, it has a little section and it says working with people with this strength. So I thought that was cool because if, if that's a strength that I do not, that doesn't rate highly for me, but I'm working with people for whom it does, that it gave you some good tips on just how to communicate and how to relate to them. And I think that's part of the power of using this on a team is that it can help you all work better together if you sort of understand each other's perspective like that. Absolutely. And, and as I mentioned earlier, our strengths are kind of the filter or lens through which we see the world. And we forget that other people aren't like us, don't see things the way we do, and have something to, to contribute, something that's a strength of theirs that is not a strength of ours. And by having a group take the strengths finder assessment together, they become aware of all the rich variety of talent that they have within their group. I had, I had the opportunity recently to do some trainings, group trainings back to back, and the groups were in a, this similar industry, but they had a fascinating mix. There was some commonalities, some, some strengths were in common across both groups. It was in higher education. There were a lot of people with high learner in there, but there were other differences. And that was one of the things I pointed out when we got to that section was, Look around the room. Someone can help you with what you need to do because their strengths are different than yours. I love that. That's great. If I'm in a job interview, how do I bring up my strengths so I can talk about what I'm good at, but without having it sound kind of forced? And certainly it seems weird to walk into a job interview and say, hi, I'm Katie. I'm a relator, achiever, learner. Harmony Futuristic. How do I kind of use this information to talk about myself in a really positive light in a job interview? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is ask them if they're familiar with Clifton Strengths, because more and more companies are, or Strengths Finder, because the name change was only a few years ago and it's still catching on. Ask them from if they're familiar with it, because they may, their ears may perk up and say, really, what are your top five? And so that could lead to a whole, take the interview in a whole different direction. If they're not familiar with it, say, okay, I was just curious. It's something that I've done recently that has given me a new way to talk about how I can contribute to an organization like yours. And so you couch it in that it's about serving them better as opposed to serving yourself better. And then 
when you're giving answers to specific questions that they ask, you can reference, well, the assessment I was telling you about indicates that one of my strengths is relater, which means I find it easy to build deep relationships with people. And I can see how that would be helpful in this situation where we're doing such and such and so and so. Of course, don't force it. If relater isn't a fit with what they're asking you to do, then don't try to force that. But as I mentioned earlier, maybe that should be a red flag. If relater's your number one, and you're going to be sitting behind a computer terminal all day crunching numbers, you might not be happy in that job long term. Yeah, that's a good point. So the strengths can help sort of guide some of the choices that you make in that sense. Yes. Um, And also, when you're talking about job interviews, I was thinking how people love to use those questions that start with, tell me about a time when you did this. And that seems like a place where you could probably work in mention of your strengths as you're talking about things you've done in the past and maybe why you did something because you know, that's a, that's a natural talent for you and a strength and sort of your go-to when you're faced with a situation like that. So it seems like there are definitely opportunities to sort of work in mention of your strengths as you're answering interview questions. Yes, I agree. And you don't need to answer them with the, the strengths finder lingo. So you wouldn't need to begin an answer that says, well, as I mentioned earlier, my strengths finder one of my strength finder top five is relater. You could just, when they say, tell me about a time when you had to work across functionally, you could say, well, for me, it's very easy to develop relationships with people at work. It's easy for me to find things that we have in common and to get to know people and develop rapport, which are all part of the definition of relater. And yet I never said the word relater. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So I'm seeing on LinkedIn profiles now, some people put their strengths up on their LinkedIn profiles. And I've seen them on resumes too. What do you think about that? Is it kind of appropriate to put your strengths out there? And maybe what does that signal to others who see your profile and kind of see that you've, you've laid that all out there, what your strengths are? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a, po- a net positive. Someone might say, well, gee, if you don't have woo and you're applying for a sales job, that's going to look bad. And that's when I go back to, well, there's sales and there's sales. You know, what kind of sales is this? So I think it's a net positive in that you're providing more information to people that are looking at your background. And you're also indicating that you have greater self-awareness potentially than other people do. I encourage that. Do you have yours on your LinkedIn profile? Absolutely. (laughs) All right. I don't, but maybe I'll add them. So that's that's an idea. Okay, this was really interesting. I think I want to kind of recap here your three steps to talking about your strengths in a job search. And the first one was just taking this Clifton Strengths Assessment and reading the insights report that Gallup provides. Now, Damien, you mentioned that you can find the assessment online. So even if I'm not working with a coach or I'm not in a in an education program that's making this available, I can just go out and get the assessment. Is that right? Yes. There's two easy ways to do it. One is go to your favorite bookseller, whether it's Amazon.com or Barnes and Noble or whomever, and buy the book StrengthsFinder 2.0, which includes a code in the cost of the book. In, in the back of the book, there's a code that you can go online and complete the assessment and get your top five. 
The other thing is if you don't want to go that route, you can just go online, Google Gallup Strengths Finder or Clifton Strengths, and you'll get a million links, including the one to Gallup's website, where you can purchase the assessment that will reveal your top five for a cost of $20. Oh, all right. So not expensive, really, for the kind of amount of insight and intel you're getting back from that. That's good to know. Hey, here's a, a sort of random question, but do people do people's strengths change? So I took this a few years ago. If I took it again tomorrow, might I have different strengths than I did a few years ago? So there's about an approximately 80% uh, rate at which they don't change. So if you take it again, there's an 80% likelihood that they won't change at all. In that other 20%, what Gallup has found is sometimes the order of them change. So mine are relator learner input. It could be, if I take it again now, it would be input learner relator. So the top five tend to be very stable. The top 10 even more stable than the top five. So sometimes we see a strength moving up or down, but typically they don't. you don't see something moving from number 24 to number eight. Hmm. Okay, which... To me, kind of indicates that it's it really it it really does get you, <laughs> because on the one hand we can all get better, but we are who we are, right? So right. Th- that's that's interesting. All right. So first step one was take the Clifton Strengths assessment. Step two was claim your strengths, and that was sort of digest the digest the report and understand what these strengths mean for you and how you might use them. And the third step was aim your strengths. And that one I think is just particularly important in a job search. Um, really thinking about how you can use your strengths in the next job that you choose to do and how you can really use them to be effective doing it. So um, Damien, any kind of parting thoughts or any last ideas on using your strengths in your job search that we didn't touch on today? So just one analogy that popped into my head as you were reciting the aim your strengths. I was thinking about a superhero movie that was on the TV when my kids were home at Christmas time. And these superheroes all had different powers. You know, one of them could push things through the air. One of them could see through walls, you know, all that. So we all have these talents. And when we think about the best way to deploy them, they're really our superpowers. And and as we're doing our job search, we wanna look for the ways that we can use our strengths because they bring us energy, we're more effective, we just can get more done. And isn't that what we all want as individuals to be enjoying our work more and adding more value to our employers? So I encourage everybody to embrace this notion of invest in what you're naturally talented in and get world-class at that and find other ways of managing your weaknesses or your lesser talents. All right, great. So you can connect with Damien at damien at dgzcoaching.com and his web address is dgzcoaching.com. So he's easy to find, and he's also available for keynote speaking engagements and for training groups on Clifton Strengths. So 
Damon, actually, didn't you just work with career centers at Duke, at Fuqua, and at Harvard in their business school? I did. I got to know the directors of those schools when I was leading the career office at Michigan, and I had the opportunity to go support them and their teams by educating them about how to use their strengths as individuals and as part of a team to be more effective in serving their students. And that was great fun for me to be back in that higher ed world again for a few days. Nice, fantastic. That's a fun place to be. So excellent. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today and thank you for sharing all that you know about Clifton Strengths and telling our listeners how they can talk about their strengths in a, in a job search. So thank you for listening to this episode of Get a Job, Here's How. And now that you know how to talk about your strengths in your job search, go do it. I believe in you. Subscribe to our email list at backtobusinessconference.com for weekly job search advice. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. You can find all the information from this episode in our show notes at www.backtobusinessconference.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review so that we can reach more people. Now that you know how, go do it.